All right, so here we are now with the next installment in our series, which is a commentary on the book Glimpses of a Golden Childhood by Osho. So, basically, the illustration that I'd like to share today is that Osho turned down a palace. And this was something that really revealed his relationship to money and resources. Because you could say, well, how did Osho get money? And the answer was, essentially, that, well, people would give it to him. (laughs) People would listen to him talk and then basically end up deciding, well, this is someone that I feel I should donate money to. (laughs) Now, there is a culture and there is a sort of mechanics to that, to how that works and why that is and the reasoning behind that. And there are many people in culture and in our societies, both past and present, who have this way of donation, right? It's actually more common today than it was even in Osho's time. But essentially, the thing we want to look at is, well, how did Osho feel about this? And what was the actual dynamic? And there's one little story where a man sort of tests Osho by offering him 5,000 rupees. And the man is a rich man and he says, I want to know, is this a spiritual man? Is this a guru who I should trust? And he sort of goes to Osho and he says, I'll give you 5,000 rupees. Will you take it? And Osho said, well, I don't need it right now, so I'm not going to take it. But when I do need it, I'm going to come and I'm going to get it from you. And this sort of confused the man because he was like, well, I expected him to accept it and take it or to renounce it and to deny it and to not take it. It was like, well, those are the only two options, but he's chosen a third option. And so that really revealed something. And that man actually ended up becoming a sannyasin as well. And there were a number of times when people would offer big money to Osho. And in fact, I think I remember talking to someone who was, I believe, in charge of one of the organizations or communities in Australia in Osho's time. And she said that there was a time when someone was donating a property and they'd decided, Osho and his his team and everyone had decided not to accept it. And that had actually turned out to be a good thing because of the liability, because of how things were changing and how bad things had turned out at a certain point, (laughs) right? Because there was a time when Osho's sort of finances were looking like it was going to go belly up. And I remember a number of people talking to me about this period where it was looking like the whole foundation, the whole Osho International Foundation, right? The trust, that was looking like it was going to go south and it was going to just completely be financially bankrupt, right? <laughs> and there's there's this funny story of Osho going to one of his secretaries and saying, 
you know, how much debt is there at the moment? And she's like, oh, I'm not sure, but it's it's around $50 million. And he's like, okay, well, how did that happen? And then she's like, you know, you know, we don't know. We're working on it. We'll get back to it. And then he and then he comes back the next day or like a week later and he says to his secretary, okay, so you've been working on this. How much debt is there now? Now that you've got more information and you've worked it out. And she goes, oh, now we've got $90 million worth of debt. <laughs> right? And he's just like, okay, so in one week... We've gone from $50 million debt to $90 million debt. How is that possible? Right? <laughs> and, of course, well, things did turn out and very much luckily so. But to hear that he didn't always accept donations... Because a donation isn't just a donation, right? Particularly if it's property. Property comes with liability. It comes with the responsibility. It might come with a payroll. It might come with a staff. It might come with supplier contracts, other contracts. It comes with terms and conditions. It comes with rates. It comes with, well, how are you going to run it? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to regulate it? How are you going to have it... Taxes organized. How are you going to have security on it, right? All these sorts of things come into play. And I remember I remember the first time I realized this for myself because, you know, when, when you're a kid, when you don't really know much about money, you think, well, money is money. If someone gives you money, that's good, right? If, if someone gives you property, then that's good. And I learned about this when I was learning business and studying business and working in business. And my mentor said to me one day, sort of at, you know, when we were having coffee, he said, oh, do you know that pub down in the, in Central City? And I'm like, yeah, I know the one. And he says, oh, that's for sale for $1. And this pub was like, you know, four stories high, Central City, this massive pub. And I was like, what? $1? I could buy that. And he immediately explained to me, well, actually, <laughs> imagine paying rent on that building. Imagine paying, paying the suppliers on that building. Imagine paying the payroll on that building, right? Because as soon as you buy it, say I hand over the $1, the token $1, and then it's mine. Well, in the next week or so, you're going to have to pay your staff. You're going to have to pay your suppliers. You're going to have to pay your financing and all the rest of it. I mean, it might not exactly be financing, but it might be something else. So I realized, well, if I did that, I would be way over my head, even though I knew quite a lot about business at that time, about operations and profitability and different controllables, variable costs, fixed costs. Even with all that knowledge, I, I was able to see taking over this big pub like that would be a lot of work which would not necessarily be guaranteed to turn out good right it really could go belly up right what if what if all of a sudden i've bought this pub 
And now, six months down the track, I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt or behind on things, on payments, right? What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in that situation? That's a terrible situation to be in. You've gone from having no debt to having hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and the business isn't going anywhere and it's not going to work to turn it around. So Osho knew this for himself and probably out of all the sort of donations that he received and many of them he did accept and he was able to build his sort of institutions with but out of all of them there is this one story of him turning down the palace which when he was quite young was offered to him and it was worth something like two million dollars and it was this big palace it was this big property it was this huge estate and someone had uh, sort of arranged it and organized it and in the end he decided not to do it because he realized how much trouble it would be. And actually what happened was then after he denied it, things did go wrong in that palace and things were very much problematic for whoever took it over. And in fact, not only that, but also Osho had problems because he turned down the palace because people heard about this, right? The politicians heard about this. They thought, who is this man? How can this be that he's got this opportunity and he is turning it down, right? How rich does he think he is? And in essence, for Osho, it doesn't really mean anything because it was really just like a phone call, right? It's just a matter of a phone call of, oh, do you want this? No, not really. I'm going somewhere else. My life is going in a different direction. And just that one phone call, just that one conversation that amounted to nothing caused so much trouble, so much problem for him. So that's something to realize. And Osho really was aware what direction he is going in, what place he is going to be, what is the right place for him to be. And he worked with his team in many ways to to do that. And of course, They did get it wrong many times, (laughs) right? That's a whole story unto itself, right? They went off to America and started this whole thing. And was that the right thing to do? Was that the right decision? Who knows? (laughs) Because many, many ways in looking at that story, you could see that, well, it did go wrong. It did turn out bad. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just craziness right? This is just all part of the craziness that is Osho. People giving him stuff and properties and new institutions and they have their one one year and they're gone the next and then there's another thing and all of that. So, it is just craziness. And then there is also the story where Osho got a pay rise in one of his jobs and he decided to turn it down. And that was because if he got a pay rise, he would have to start paying tax. (laughs) So he said, I'd rather not have the pay rise and not pay tax rather than to get a pay rise and pay tax. And then there's also the story where he doesn't receive his inheritance. So Osho, I believe, was the eldest child. So he inherited his father's estate when he died, which was actually quite a lot because he 
he had worked very hard and built something. So Osho's parents were very poor. His dad was very poor to begin with. But then over the years, he worked and he built up actually quite a lot of money. And so Osho inherited that, but he never came back. And I think what happened was someone turned up, you know, one of his brothers turned up at the commune that Osho had and he said, oh, you know, here's your key for the for the inheritance. And Osho was like, well, I don't need it, you take it. So that's another sort of little anecdote that helps illustrate this whole thing. And I mean, it is just craziness when you think about it, right? To think that people would listen to his lectures and then say, okay, well, how do I give $100,000 to this guy? How do I donate my property to this man? It really is just mind-boggling. And I can understand it because I know Osho's teachings, because I've listened to so many of his lectures, and I know enough about life that, well, what are you going to do with your money? You can get to a point in life where, you know, you have enough, you have a surplus, you know, if you've got an extra property, you've got an investment property, and you have a cause that you really believe in, right? If you really want to continue having a place where people can dance and meditate and do these awareness techniques and learn about consciousness, and the difference between having that place and not having the place is your donation, well, it's a no-brainer, right? It does make sense to make your donation. And I wish <laughs> I wish maybe one day I'll be in a position to be able to make a donation. Right now it's very much <laughs> it's a very far off dream. <laughs> but yeah, I can understand it. And if you think about it, I mean people make donations to much worse causes, right? Because you can say, Oh, I don't do donations, I invest. Or I run my business or I do my entrepreneurship or whatever it is. But what is that cause in the world? What is the effect of that entity, that business, that organization or whatever? How is that a good thing for the world? What is the experience that people are having of that product or that service? And if you ask yourself really honestly, is that bringing people towards love? Is that bringing people towards more awareness, a deeper way of living? Then a lot of the time you would say, well, no, a lot of the products that we consume have nothing to do with love or consciousness. In fact, they're very much against those qualities and very much detrimental to those higher values. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't donate to causes. Well, you are donating to a cause just by working on your business. You're, you're perpetuating values that degenerate and take away from love and cause human fractions, human disconnect, human pain and suffering rather than love and peace and awareness and deeper living. And that realization, well, that's the realization that people have. And they realize, wow, I've got this huge business and this huge organization with lots of money that's doing something that's completely pointless. And they, they, they have the about turn. 
right? These are the people that give money to donation to causes like Osho's cause. They have the realization. They they come out of it. They snap out of it. And then they say, oh, I have to stop this entire business that I've been working on for, for, for decades. That does happen. People have those realizations. People do wake up. I mean, that is the miracle of it, right? That is the miracle of consciousness or awareness or whatever you want to call it. So that's a little collection of stories about Osho turning down the palace and his relationship with money. So, yeah, we'll talk more about some other little stories like these in the next chapter. So if you're enjoying these, make sure you subscribe and go ahead and check out the next part in the series. It's a multi-part series. Thanks very much. Hope you're having a good day. And we'll be back soon with more.